Compact Object, 1962, Natsuyuki Nakanishi, Various Materials At just over 8 inches long, this impressive work by Natsuyuki Nakanishi truly lives up to its name. A multitude of everyday items lie encased within Compact Object's limited dimensions. Pieces of bone, several wristwatches, bands and all, each one pointing to a different time on the clock, the strand of a beaded necklace, wisps of hair, fragments of fractured eggshells, lenses, bottle caps, and so much more besides. All of these disparate objects are embedded in just over eight inches of hardened polyester, smoothed and molded into a shape that resembles an egg. Is there an object within this collection that catches your eye? One that pulls your focus more than the others? The bright red top of one of the bottle caps, maybe? Or the stark white of the pieces of bone and eggshell? Could it be the face of the largest wristwatch, with its hands permanently stuck at approximately 20 minutes to 2? Was it 20 minutes to 2 in the afternoon when the watch stopped working? Or deep in the quiet, earliest hours of the morning? That is a story we'll never know. And every object within this compact object carries a story of its own, a life and a history before all of their paths intertwined here in this work. They suggest moments in the lives and histories of those who interacted with them, before these items became immortalized as a unified whole. It is fitting that the overall shape of this work resembles an egg. An egg, after all, is where life so often gets its start. And what is a life if not a compact object of its own? One made of its own disparate pieces, jumbled together to create the whole. Atoms and molecules and chromosomes and memories and laughter lines and scars and the empty space we leave once our time runs out. A life is all of these things at once. And none of them. Considering this, it is also fitting, at least in hindsight, that the multitude-containing compact object is, well, compact. Though universal acceptance of the Big Bang Theory was still a few years beyond the creation of this work, viewing it through a modern lens conjures thoughts of the densely packed origins of life on a cosmic scale, a compact point, small beyond all human reckoning, from which sprung all that is known and knowable in the universe. Every atom, every molecule, every star, every planet, even these few errant scraps of bone, and fragments of eggshells, and beads and bottle caps and wristwatches stopped forever at approximately twenty minutes to two. Every life ever lived, and every story ever told. All of it from one compact point at the furthest edge of recorded time, beyond which lies the unknown and unknowable. A teeming realm of infinite possibility. Calling all bargain hunters, you're in luck. There is currently a limited time sale going on at the Godfrey gift shop. Well, sort of. You see, 
Every price tag on every item within the gift shop has spontaneously combusted. All inventory records detailing item prices have vanished from the computer hard drives. And all registers have locked their cash drawers from the inside and refused to accept any credit, debit, or mobile payment options. Error messages scroll on a loop on the register's screens, and nearly the entire stock of receipt paper has been co-opted to print a manifesto of sorts. We will spare you the extensive details contained therein, but know that the manifesto's title is On the Arbitrary Valuation of Modern-Day Currency and Its Reinforcement of the Cruel Cage of Capitalism. It would seem that, at least for the moment, the Godfrey gift shop is currently functioning under a barter system. At least, that is currently the only way to remove any item from the gift shop premises. As we said, this is a sale of sorts, not a free giveaway. The gift shop still expects some sort of payment. It just requires something with more practical use than slips of paper or plastic cards attached to a string of numbers that represent the idea of value rather than something of value in and of itself. Any guests interested in partaking in this exciting turn of events should proceed to the end of whatever exhibit is nearest to them. The exit will deposit them directly into the gift shop. Hurry, hurry, this offer may not last long. Or it might. At this time, our staff genuinely do not know. White Hallway, 1947. Jasmine Rushbrook, Oil on Canvas. This work is a simple piece at first glance, yet its apparent simplicity belies the craft and technical mastery that Rushbrook demonstrates in this painting. It is this technical skill, as well as the stark beauty of the painting subject, that draws so many viewers for so long. Indeed, it is at times difficult to look away. It features, as the name of this piece tells you, a pure white hallway. Its length is centrally framed within the canvas, and the white stone floor and repeating support arches stretch onward forever into the distance until they become too small to clearly distinguish. Deep into the length of this endless hallway, a figure with long flowing hair and wearing a red dress walks barefoot away from the viewer. The figure is so distant that these are the only details that can be clearly determined. This figure in the red dress is meant to represent Rushbrook herself. This is known not only because she had a habit of depicting herself in red clothing in many of her pieces, as you witnessed earlier in Perspective, a Self-Portrait, but also because this painting was inspired by a recurring dream that Rushbrook experienced during much of her time living here on the estate. She even wrote to Annabel Godfrey about it once, when Annabel was away on one of her many trips in search of new pieces to add to the estate's collection. The following is an excerpt from that letter in which Rushbrook details the contents of the recurring dream. I am well, my darling, as is Letitia who sends her love to. I am well, that is, apart from troubled dreams that leave me less than rested upon waking. It is the same dream of which I have spoken to you before, though it seems more vivid of late, and it comes to me more frequently. Not every night, but close to it. It is always the same white walls, the same white tile, cool to the touch beneath my feet, 
and while there is soft light present in this endless place, I can never determine a source. There are no windows or doors to let in the light of the sun or moon. Such separation from the outside, from the natural world, is as oppressive as the eternal sameness of the place. I am always walking the length of the hall, though to what end I do not know. I do not believe that there is an end to walk toward. Recently, in these dreams, I have felt less that I am moving toward something, and more that I am running from it. As I said, there is light of indeterminate origin in this place, and where there is light, there is shadow. These shadows are faint, but they are there. I sometimes think I feel my own shadow nip at my heels, and it drives me further onward. I cannot suppress a shudder as I go, nor a prickling feeling on the back of my neck. It is usually then that I awaken, my heart racing in my chest as if I really had spent the night traversing that endless hall. But enough of bad dreams. I eagerly await your return home, my love. Your presence always seems to quiet my restless mind and keep these shadows at bay. Until then, your flower, Jasmine. Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Nicole Knutson, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero. It was produced on unceded Tongva, Chumash, and Keech territory. Enjoying your trip to the estate? Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And consider telling a friend about us. Or two. Or three. Or everyone you know. To keep up with The Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Godfrey Guide, or visit our website, thegodfreyaudioguide.com. For Godfrey merchandise, visit our online store, thegodfreyaudioguide.threadless.com. And finally, if you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thegodfreyaudioguide. In addition to our various membership tiers, you'll also find full episode transcripts available as public posts for any who wish to read them. Until next time, friends, see you back at the museum. What is the RPG Concierge? It's an interview show that discusses tabletop role-playing games. This hobby has had a renaissance over the past several years, and odds are you've heard of Dungeons & Dragons, hands down the most iconic of RPGs. If you're curious about what D&D is, or other RPGs you've heard of, then check out the RPG Concierge. Are you curious about dipping your toe into this mysterious hobby? Are your friends talking about it, but you feel nervous about joining? Are you afraid of ruining it for everyone else? Well, you're not alone, and as your RPG Concierge, it's my duty to make sure that you feel comfortable. Check out our first season, which is entirely dedicated to getting started with role-playing games. Each episode will discuss a different topic with a new guest, be they brand new players discussing their experiences, or veterans doling out advice for all the rookies out there. We'll remove some of the mystery that surrounds this vast and exciting hobby and have fun doing it. So come check us out. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.